0: Grandstand. ABC ABC's grandstand 100% pure footy.
1: The ice bar with Julian Abbott on ABC Grandstand Digital and online. And uh, good to have you along on this uh, abbreviated edition of the program this afternoon. Now, just 45 minutes uh, due to the late start on the Gold Coast. Uh, the game didn't get underway until 3.14 this afternoon. A very precise time indeed uh, to get a footy match underway. And uh, it ended up with the Titans defeating the Dragons. 15 points to 14. The other game this afternoon, uh, the Raiders defeated Newcastle 44 points uh, to fourteen—a great win for Canberra, a fortress uh, for the Raiders at home. Still undefeated there this season, two in a row after that fabulous win against the Melbourne Storm uh, last weekend. Today they thumped the Knights, forty-four points to fourteen. I'm pleased to say uh, their captain uh, Terry Campese joins me on the uh, the line this afternoon. Uh, Terry, congratulations and welcome to the ice bath. A great win today.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. It was a tough game, and you know we never started uh, the best. Uh, but we come back in that, that last 40 and we put a few put tries on the board, which was good.
1: Uh, 44 unanswered points, though. That must uh, really give the side a lot of confidence.
0: Yeah, for sure. We uh, talked about you know, our win against Melbourne and uh, you know, that win would be better if we backed it up and uh, brought it here against Newcastle. Today. And I thought we did that. The boys dug deep. Our forwards ran hard and our backs um, played off the back of that. Uh,
1: you really exposed them down the right side too, didn't you? Ashander Earl getting three, Blake Ferguson getting three as well.
0: Yeah, it was. Um, you know, our right side was devastating today. Like you said, those guys got uh, triples and then you've seen Josh Papali, he was um, having a field day out there and young Tony Milford when he come on, mate, he was devastating. It was great to watch.
1: Uh, Josh Papali was only a late inclusion uh, during the week though too, wasn't he? On Friday, he trained okay then and, and then he got into the side yesterday.
0: Yeah, yeah he had um, a clean out of his knees a couple of weeks ago and he uh, felt fine throughout the week, and they gave him up into our captain session yesterday, and he pulled through that. So he uh, was a yeah, late inclusion. I thought the way he handled himself and got out there, and uh, he played some great footy.
1: You spoke about making the, validating the win against Melbourne with a win against Newcastle today uh, would really give the win against Melbourne some sort of validation to say that it wasn't sort of like a one-off. Despite the fact that you've beaten the Storm the last three years in a row down there to get this win today, and it was would have been important, I should imagine, as well to get the win over the nights after they towed you up. To just a few weeks ago.
0: Yeah, that's it. We played them only, uh, you know, about a month ago, and, and they got the wood over us there. So it was good to get the win back here at home, and also keep our home uh, record intact. We've now um, four from four at home, which is great, and hopefully we can uh, keep building on that throughout the year. We've got two more tough away games until the bye, so we're going to put all our energy into the next two games. Yeah,
1: you've got Cronulla coming up uh, next weekend. Um, your old mate Todd Carney there, who's on fire at the moment.
0: Yeah, Toddy, um, he's, he just, uh, you know, showed what great form he is by signing a five-year deal with the Sharks. They had a big win yesterday as well, so we're going to be, you know, up against it this weekend, and, you know, we've got to put our performance today and, you know, review it and, and get over it and um, hopefully uh, perform like we did the, the second half up there in the Shark Park.
1: And then you've got Manly the following week. So, as you mentioned, two away games. They're pretty tough games, aren't they?
0: Yeah, that's it. They're both, um, you know, top eight teams and the way they've been playing in the past you know, a couple of weeks have been outstanding. So we have to be, you know, turn up on our A game and and show that we do match with the best in the comp. Uh,
1: Warren Boland and uh, Quentin Hull are with me this afternoon. Terry, gentlemen?
2: Yeah, Terry, uh, Quentin Hull here. I just wanted to uh, ask about... Blake Ferguson, I mean, his football's been terrific in the last couple of weeks uh, today he scores a hat-trick on a day that uh, maybe his old mate Josh Dugan could have been playing for the Dragons, it didn't happen up here but uh, can you just tell us about the body language and, uh, and, and change in Blake Ferguson in the last couple of weeks
0: uh, He's always had the uh, potential to be uh, one of the, the best centres in the competition, I think he's just been inconsistent but you know, this year he's um, put all his off-field incidents behind him and you know, he wants to be a better person you can tell you know, around a place that He's working hard and it shows on the footy field when he puts in throughout the week and um, you know wants to be a trainer and, and um, prepares the best he can that he goes out there and he puts those kind of performances together. And now they're talking about him to be on origin, which is well-deserved and hopefully he can keep it up the next two games.
2: I'm not trying to stitch up Josh Dugan here, but uh, it, it seems that uh, uh, that real scare with his career there, Dugan out of the club, that it's uh, been a real straightening influence on him.
0: Oh, mate, I think it was just one of those things, you know, the wrong place at the wrong time for both of them guys. And, uh, you know, hopefully Deuce can go to the Dragons and put everything behind him and show what a great player he is as well because he's a, um, you know, origin, he was an origin player and hopefully he can get back to that form for for the sake of himself and, um, you know, hopefully uh, Fergo can keep up his great work and uh, keep, you know, putting those performances for our team.
1: Uh, The Raiders play the Dragons on July 27th. You're not counting down to that already, are you, Terry?
0: No, no, mate, we we can't uh, look too far ahead. We've got to, you know, take it one week at a time, and there's no tougher task this weekend than playing against the Sharks up there at their home ground.
3: Uh, Tim Gable's with me, Tim. Uh, Hello, Terry.
0: Timmy, how you mate?
3: Well, thanks. Uh, You know, the the most pleasing part about today's performance was you were down 14-0, And there was no panic within the Raiders team. I've seen Raiders sides in the past panic when they've been down and and tried to play catch-up football. But uh, the composure within the side was just great. And you worked out your defensive uh, problems pretty quickly after they scored two tries and scored three tries and then, of course, went on with the second half.
0: Yeah, mate, we spoke about it behind the line. The only way they were getting up into our own. Uh, territory was our mistakes, you know, myself kicking out on the pool and a few penalties that um, gave, piggybacked them up the field and we said if we can hold the football and stick to the game plan, what Fernsey and the coaching staff gave us throughout the week that, you know, we can get back in this in this game and, you know, we did, we got back to uh, two behind at half time and then we uh, just went on with it in the second half. It was just simple footy, you know, holding the ball and you know, building off the back of our big you know, forward to go forward.
3: What a player Anthony Milford is going to be in the future. Uh, today was the best game that he's played for the Raiders in first grade uh, and you think, well, gee, this kid is unbelievable.
0: Oh, Gary, scary to, to think about how good he can be. Uh, you know, he's only played a couple of games now and, and only uh, you know, in the back back into the second half. But today he got put on there at, at, in the first half and in the second half, mate, he you know, just toyed with them and uh, his footwork's unbelievable, but, you know, he's only a little guy, but he's, he's strong as well, and you could see when he broke through that line that those guys falling off him, so um I'm uh, excited to play again, uh, play with him, sorry, and you know, in the in the near future, he'll be uh, even getting even better. You don't
1: want to be playing against <laughs> him, Terry. Oh, uh, last weekend, you beat yourself up a little bit, you're, you're a bit down on your kicking game. Uh, what was it like today for you? A bit wayward at the start there?
0: <laughs> oh, mate, I uh, wanted to find a hole in it. Mitchell, to be honest, after that first 10, but you know, the boys stuck by me and they uh, they told me, you know, to keep my head up, and you know that's what I did. And come out in the the second half, and you know, my kicking game was um, you know spot on. So I've, I've got to you know be happy with that and um, move forward and 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 take that into the Sharks game.
1: What what what's it like? It's basically been two years, hasn't it? That and you're back into it now. It's week in, week out. Does it feel like you've been away, or is it, it it's just normal now for you?
0: Oh, the lungs feel like I've been away. I tell you that. You know, I, I struggled out there at times, but. You know, that's, that's what I uh, love to do is to play football and it's just great to be back, you know, on the field with the green machine and uh, to be put in performances like that, it doesn't make me happy, uh, any happier and you know? I just uh, hopefully can stay in, injury free and keep building and, and perform better for the boys. Uh, Warren Boland's on the Gold Sarah, Coast. Yeah, Terry, uh,
4: look, it's tremendous the way you've uh, come back from that, la- that uh, so long out but uh, today from afar looking at that scoreline, it's just you've blown away Newcastle who are a good side. Uh, I mean, what did you make of Newcastle today?
0: Oh, they were good. That, that that first ten, uh, they were running hard and tackling harder than us, and uh, that showed. And I think, um, you know, that if they stuck to it, and uh, they would have, um, you know, been been uh, better for the day. But uh, credit to us, we uh, stuck it back to them, and you know, we got over them with, with a couple of their errors, and we had a few forty uh, meter repeat sets, which really does take the energy out of your team and you could tell that when they were coming back on side that they had their heads down and that's when we spoke about it that if we uh, completed these next few sets that we could roll over the top of them which we uh, ended up doing to credit to us.
1: Uh Terry, you're seventh on the ladder now uh, after the win today. Uh, the Titans just got uh, six position back uh, from you with their win over the uh, the Dragons this afternoon. They've one point win, fifteen to fourteen. You're the only side though in the top eight with a negative four and against at minus thirty nine. You're going to lead a whole lot more scores like today, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I think at uh, you know, the, the start of the year we uh, dropped off away from home and they uh, scored a few. Few points on us to teams, but uh, we've built our defence over the last couple of weeks, and hopefully we can keep that up because we are playing against two great attacking sides over the next two weeks. And you know, hopefully we can uh, produce the defensive efforts that we've had the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, away from home we've got Sharks and then Manly, and then Dubai. So we got to put all our energy into these next two games, and hopefully creep our way you know further in the top eight.
1: Well, Terry, uh, congratulations on the win today. 44 points to 14. It was 44 unanswered points against Newcastle. You must pinch yourself over that. That's a pretty good uh, scoreline, really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. I think, you know, like I said, it was a credit to us holding the ball, the, the forwards were running hard and, you know, everyone was pushing with each other which was creating a lot of space for us. And then on the back of that we had, you know, guys like Reese, Blake Ferguson, Tony Milford just, um, you know, creating havoc out there on the edge. So we've just got to stick to that and uh, keep building as a side. Tim Gable's got one more.
3: No, no, just saying, uh, on your way out, Terry, of course, you've got your, your mum out there. You've, I've just seen them out there. You've got your, your wife and kids. makes it all worthwhile, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, it is. It's a special day for the ladies, You know, all their hard work. If it wasn't for them, uh, we couldn't go out there and produce the, the football that we do. So it's just a, a great credit to them, and it was great to get a win for them on, on their special day.
1: So you're cooking dinner tonight then, eh?
0: Oh, we've actually got a Mother's Day dinner at, at the stadium right now. So all right. We're, we're, we're walking into the food, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, some, it's something special that they don't have to cook tonight and uh, get to enjoy this victory as a, as a whole unit.
1: Well, uh, thanks yeah. for joining us on the Ice Bath on ABC Local Radio this afternoon, and congratulations.
0: Thanks for having
1: me on. Uh, Terry Campisi there, the Raiders uh, captain this afternoon. Uh, Quentin and Warren, uh, as you mentioned, Warren, it was a pretty decisive win for the Raiders, wasn't it?
4: Well, uh, you know, we were sitting here sort of getting ready for our match and then hearing, in, through the first half hearing the score blow out and uh, I mean so many tries being scored. You just don't expect that to happen. Uh, Newcastle side, you know, they, you expect particularly under Wayne Bennett's coaching uh, to be disciplined and never drop their bundle. But uh, to listen to that score, the Raiders just ran riot and uh, particularly after being down early, early in the game. So it's a tremendous win for the Raiders. Uh, I mean, to put that uh, back-to-back with uh, the win over Melbourne last week. Well, that it, was, it that was an a interesting r- point r- he
1: made, wasn't it? He said it was, it was great to have the win against Melbourne, but it was important to back that win up.
4: Well, these are you know these are top eight sides. Newcastle should be should be there or thereabouts, and, and Melbourne uh, they, they have been the standard, haven't they? And to, to finally to knock them off and then back it up with a good win over a, a Newcastle team, uh, it's tremendous from the Raiders. And uh, yeah, their season's underway as is. Of course, the Bulldogs now, so they're starting to make a run from the back. A few of them. The, the one thing I will say about Newcastle, we were questioning when they came up here to play the Titans, their away record uh, hadn't been good, but they dispatched the Titans and that put that to bed. But all of a sudden, it raises that question to lose so badly to the Raiders away from home, uh, Newcastle do seem to have a problem on the road. Uh, uh, on
1: the SMS here, 0467 920 uh, which bus did the Knights come on? Must have been the first half of the bus because the second half was not there. <laughs> 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 0467 920 Quentin. And,
2: and there's also a, a text there just uh, alluding to Jamie Soward at the end of, of the game here uh, chance probably to to get to your thoughts Warren, uh, Sophie at Strathfield not happy with the way that uh, Sau had reacted at the end of the game uh, the Titans won at 15-14 uh, uh, Sophie's SMS, saw it easily the biggest hook in the NRL and very happy that the Dogs are back in form. So uh, Sophie's obviously a Dogs fan, but uh, that was bizarre.
4: He was, on, he was threatened with being sent off after mm. the final whistle he, had blown here. Look, after he hit that last field goal attempt from about 40 metres out, uh, look, it came down 10, 15 metres short. He didn't strike it well and uh, he, he no doubt was under some pressure from a couple of the Titans and I can only assume that he was blowing up about them being allowed to uh, get off their line early, I'm assuming that, but he marched up uh, to referee Gerard Sutton uh, the second referee at the time and uh, was going right off. He uh, really uh, have, had a bit to say, and uh, we could hear. Then Jared Sutton said, "Mate, go on with any further, and you're off." Mm-hmm. So he's going to be sent off after the game. Yeah. So uh, we might even hear a bit more about that.
2: Well, I'll just give the details of the game. Eight uh, all at halftime, and finished 15-14. Two tries to Will Zillman for the Titans. Three from three for Aiden Caesar. Uh, the, the decisive penalty, uh, field goal, as it turned out, came 13 minutes from full time for the Dragons. Jason Nightingale kicked uh, scored two tries himself. Daniel Vido also scored a try. Uh, Jamie Sauer just the one from two. Chase, uh, Chase Stanley also had a miss. So The Dragons lose the game having scored three tries to two. Um, As far as the the, the possession flow, the Titans had 57% of the ball compared to uh, the Dragons' 43. Uh, They completed 33 of 42, so uh, just the nine incomplete sets from the Titans. The Dragons, not as good, just 26 complete from 36 attempts, so... um, the uh, the Titans are a little bit better uh, as far as ball retention is concerned. There, um, a total run metres 1,408 for the Titans to uh, the the Dragons 1,211. Four line breaks to one for the Gold Coast. Uh, Errors: eleven to the Dragons, seven to the Titans. But the penalties was something that was a real talking point. And I know there's some irate Dragons fans as well uh, on the on the SMS, uh, not happy with the penalty
4: count that saw the Titans get 12 penalties and the Dragons just six. Yeah, and those penalties at half time were seven three with a run, uh, I think, of four penalties in a row to the Titans coming to half time, uh, mainly for holding onto the ball. That kind of offence against the Dragons, but yeah, there's going to be look, there'll be a fair bit of uh, argument uh, coming from the St George camp after this game, but also from the Gold Coast camp uh, because they had two penalties, uh, two tries disallowed in the second half, uh, which from here looked okay. Uh, Irwin, Sam Irwin, dived from dummy half; uh, it was ruled no try after the video referee had a good close look at it and the, the assumption from here is that the ruling uh, is that his arm had touched the ground but it was very similar to Greg Inglis's uh, on Friday night and, and I thought it looked OK. I thought Irwin should have been allowed to play on but uh, instead a penalty went against him again. We, uh, we're assuming from here it was a, a double movement ruled. And then later when... Uh, Aiden Caesar threw an inside pass to Will Zillman, and uh, he was over. It was a lovely piece of football. Zillman appeared to score a clear try, but it was ruled no try. And again, we we couldn't hear from here and didn't get very clear uh, message when we did uh, manage to pick up the referee, but it looked like it might have been for obstruction uh, away from the ball. And to me, the obstruction was... A fair way away from the ball so that it really well, it didn't like, come into contention. It
2: looked like a decision in the first five or six weeks of the competition before the obstruction rule was tweaked. Exactly,
4: exactly. Now, you know, again, uh, we, we can't be absolutely sure that that was the ruling, but uh, yeah, but that was what come up Well, there was absolutely nothing
2: wrong with the grounding and anything else in the try. Quite a few
1: people, be- though, on the SMS are pretty unhappy with the refereeing, though, at the moment, aren't they? Well, the well, so yeah. I think they're Unless they're a Sydney look, club, you know, there's some sort of bias
4: they're intimating towards. Well, you know, there were some fairly strange decisions in this game from from our view, and, and then I even go back to that Cowboys match the other night, it didn't really decide the game, but... Uh but when there were a couple of uh, knock-ons ruled, both of them well, cons- straight after each other, which uh, looked like they went the wrong way. And uh, Jonathan Thurston was right in the middle of it, arguing about it. Then he was the one who actually gave the second one away. But the, and he I'm got the benefit of, of the decision.
2: Yeah, and, and Nathan Feen jumping from square position at marker. It seemed like a fair position. He jumped. The ball had been played. It was in the ruck. And uh, Faloon was a little slow to get it. Uh, uh, dived through. and Dived through and I got the it was ball. Gordon, and yeah. and, and, and uh, penalised. Yep, we were befuddled at at that point. Look, and I can
4: understand, a referee's looking in all different directions to see that everyone's onside and so on, but uh, I reckon that Shane Hain on this occasion looked back and saw the ball being taken out of the hands of the dummy half and thought, well, I'm just not going to allow that. But in fact, uh, Fien on the replay did look to be square and had every right to dive through. I've just got a few individual stats on the
2: day as well. Um, Greg Bird had another massive day 20 runs for 188 metres um, David Mead, the two wingers chewed up metres as they always do 12 runs for 113 for Meade Gordon 12 runs for 118 but uh, Luke Bailey up front 14 runs for 131 metres for the Dragons uh, Trent Merrin, 18 carries for 142 metres uh, Dan Hunt, 120 metres from 14 carries and Daniel Vido, um, 131 metres from 13 carries uh, as far as the tackle count for the Titans, Nate Miles made 37 tackles, 36 tackles from Luke Douglas, 35 from Ash Harrison, he, he came back well Harrison, 14 runs for 101 metres and 35 tackles for Ashley Harrison, while the leading uh, tackler for the Dragons, uh, 35 tackles for Merrin, 32 for Mitch Rain, and uh, 30 for
4: Ben Cray, some of the individual numbers today. The other thing uh, about the way the game finished through the last 10 minutes or so, uh, there were some fairly strange decisions being taken by the two teams as well Uh, from a Titans point of view. I really thought they could have uh, taken the penalty goal, taken two points to stretch it out to 17-14 to try and negate the fact that Soward could hit back with a field goal to level and then take it to extra time. Uh, They went for a try instead and didn't get it. Double bluff because then Soward Soward did the same thing at the other Trying
2: to level it up with some really obscure uh, field goals goal attempts. We know he's got some skill, but there was
4: the first one was about 38 metres out, five in from touch when he was being rushed at. Well, and I thought on that occasion that they had a chance. Uh, they had an overlap against Idris. The winger had dropped back. They had three against uh, one there, and they could easily have run it. Uh, they Ball was went on another occasion right near the, the post. Yep. Soward was set for a field goal. Instead, made a deliberate decision to go for the try. Could have gone for field goal, but instead went for the try. And Vito got very close in the corner, but some tremendous cover from Idris and Kelly. Stopped him, so that gamble by the Dragons to go for the uh, the win rather than the draw at that point in the game. Uh, misfired. So, yeah, the couple of field goals from Soward uh, didn't really look like getting there. And then even when the, the Titans, in the last minute of the game, uh, leading 15-14, we saw Dave Taylor flopping an offload out the back, and then I think Nate Miles <laughs> threw a pass across and it was lost by, was it Harrison? Uh, you'd think you'd just be tucking it under your arm, killing the game, and then kicking it over the sideline and wrap it up.
2: Oh, and, a, and a golden SMS here, Julian, as we throw it back to you. zero four six seven nine two zero triple two on the SMS if you want to get in touch. From Mr Siegel, <laughs> Greg Bird should be captain of New South Wales if Gallen is injured, not Farrah. He is inspiring for New South Wales and just hates the Maroons, bracket, even his Titans teammates, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Mr. Seagull.
2: <laughs> Mr. Seagull. That's, that's going to be up there for one of the best SMSs of the day, Julian.
1: It certainly is. Now we better whiz, uh, Now uh, Warren, by the way, we didn't get you three 2 one, so we'll let you have a think about that. Well, you haven't done it, have you? I've missed it. Well, I have got it ready. Okay, to go. well, you just yep. you wait there. We'll hear from David Ferner with David Packwood.
5: Well, Dave, what a seesawing day for you in the box. The first twenty minutes, you would have been really disappointed. They were a bit flat, but from then on in, it was the Raiders that you know what they could miss.
6: Yeah, look, we um, I mentioned to the players that um, after the game that. Uh, you know, we're a team and we've been working hard at it, just getting comfortable, you know. Uh, and we had a good win the week before, it was away, and then coming home where it should be nice and exciting that, um, you know, that first 10-15 minutes, you know, I just felt that uh, the side was looking for someone else to do it. And I, and, and I think the Knights, uh, uh, you know, deserved that lead, uh, ran hard and, and tackled hard. And so, just had to rectify a, a few things at half-time, but we actually fought our way back into the game, which I liked. Um, Second half there, just our completions, really direct. Uh, played some good, uh, you know, some good footy, and uh, got, you know, obviously ended up with some some points. But, but uh, that was the main point after the game. Look, uh, just to, just to know that the, the team can 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 uh, rectify it or realise it first and then rectify it. So uh, that was pleasing.
5: Forty-four unanswered points. Has that performance been coming?
6: Uh, look, yeah. It, it, it comes off the back of a, a, a completion rate, you know. And I thought that uh, I think we we're five from five in the second half. Uh, look, we're, I think both halves maybe around the 80 percent, and if you give yourself a you know a chance to to, to to win those games. And you know we've had some uh, some uh, you know we've, we've played North Queensland, played Melbourne uh, Knights. Uh, we've got a you know tough two weeks before a bye, which is uh, you know, the Cronulla and, and Manly. If you're not sort of you not sort of in those sort of uh, percentages there with the ball. You don't give yourself a, a real good opportunity to win the game. But um, look, that, I thought our, our reflection of those points was, was our training. Uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty crisp. I think maybe one, one or maybe two balls in the week. So that's pleasing. Some wonderful individual performances out there today. But Blake
5: Ferguson, three tries. There'll be a lot of discussion around Origin. I think you might be missing it from game one.
6: Yeah, look. I, I, Really, uh, really happy for Blake because um, he has he has worked hard. Um, his game is, is based on just preparation. Um, we all know that the the, uh, the ability and uh, and it's nice and happy. So you know, I think i mentioned before he's got he's got a bit of work to do still, and he knows that. But um, he's prepared to do it. Um, and you know that ability can uh, you know with that sort of preparation can go a long way. And game one, uh, yeah, we'll just wait and see. Um, I think uh, Fergo and we've sort of set a goal there, just get concentrated in club footy and if, you know, for anyone in the team there and representative honours come off the back of good performances for your team. Some other good players
5: today, uh, David Chillington and Papali coming off the bench for you today, really had an impact?
6: I thought so, um, Papa uh, sort of passed the, the test there uh, very late in the week, I um, uh, didn't hesitate to sort of put him on the bench. And, and easing back into the game, so uh, Shiloh was the same, and that was also a little bit of a reward there for the week before, uh, you know, Whitey and and Tilsey, and then obviously uh, you know Joey Picker, um, Jolly Edwards, uh, and, and unfortunately for young Jake Jake Foster, who's uh, you know was, was part of that win last week. So um, yeah, look, it was it was, it was pleasing, obviously their their starting sort of material, but uh, we need to review the game and. Go from there.
5: And you said all along the challenge now is consistency from week to week, and you're now facing a, a tough away game against Sharks who've
6: hit some form. Yeah, they've hit some, some, some very good form, and and that's without sort of uh, obviously with Gallon and whether or not he's back. But um, you know they're, they're a nice and aggressive side, uh, mainly the same. Uh, you know I spoke to the players about um, we're in this five week period after the representative uh, buy. Uh, we, uh, as I said before, North Queensland. Uh, Melbourne, Newcastle here, uh, and, and uh, Cronulla and mainly away. So we've got a tough, tough road here. So. If we uh, put ourselves in, into that sort of mindset, there, we'll at least give it, give ourselves the best opportunity to win those games. Thanks, Dave. Thank you.
1: Uh, the Raiders coach, David Ferner, there with David Packwood this afternoon after the uh, Raiders beat the Knights, forty-four points to fourteen. Uh, let's hear from the Newcastle coach now, Wayne Bennett.
5: Well, Wayne. the yeah, only twenty minutes was was good football from the Knights. Fourteen in lap, your completion rates as well, but it all went pear shaped from then.
1: Yeah, it did.
5: It was,
2: uh, sums it all up, David. To be honest with you, it started great and. First 20 minutes good, and after that, it just different team.
5: Can you put your finger on what went wrong in that 60 minutes? Oh, nothing, except the obvious things. What about the opposition today? Um, they're a little bit like you, they're inconsistent, but today they're on their own day.
2: Yeah, well, they didn't look so good at 14-0, no. but, but, you know, when they got a bit of momentum and things started to happen for them, they looked a whole different team. And I bulletproof them in.
5: You've got some quality players on the sideline at the moment, is it a case of battening down the hatches and trying to get through this period?
2: Oh well that's what well, I realised you know, when I lost all of them there three weeks ago, I won't be back until probably the end of um, the we've got before the boys start you know, was just to, not to make sure we didn't do too much damage to ourselves and you know, stay in the contest and get a bit of, out of all that knowing that we're quality players to come back but today didn't, didn't help that to us at all.
5: It doesn't get any easier to play the Bulldogs and they've found some form over the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, they have, yeah. No, well, it's Sunday's a comp, so you're not going to worry about that. And more concerned about what your team's doing, and
5: we didn't do very well today. In terms of injuries, Aquilly White like had a an look like he had ankle injury. Apart from pride, any other serious injuries? Uh, no, I think we're out okay. Thanks, Wayne.
1: Uh, that is the uh, Newcastle Knights coach Wayne Bennett there after they were thumped by the Raiders this afternoon. A 30-point win for the Green Machine, 44 points uh, to 14. The Titans beat the Dragons, 15 points to 14. A uh, Queensland Cup, by the way, today. North beat Redcliffe, uh, 24 points to 16. Ipswich uh, defeated Tweed Heads, 16 points to 6. Full-time in the New South Wales Cup today. Uh, North Sydney beat Manly, 54 to 6. Uh, Newcastle beat the Tigers, 10 points to 8. Cronulla beat Windsor, 29 points to 16. Uh, New South Wales won the under-16s and under-18 national. Comps today. Uh, New South Wales defeating uh, Queensland, Parramatta rather, I should say, defeating the North's Devils, 30 points to 28. But it's like New South Wales and Queensland because they were the Harold Matthews winners in New South Wales, uh, the Cyril Connell winners from Queensland with the North's Devils. So Parramatta winning that, 30 points to 28. Then in the under 18s, it was the SG Ball winners, the Tigers, uh, defeating the Malman Inga winners, Redcliffe, 24 points uh, to 12 this afternoon. Uh, Quentin Hull and Warren Bolander with me. Um, Pretty interesting interview there with uh, Wayne Bennett. uh, Seemed uh, very down indeed. David Packwood's next performance on Grandstand will be getting blood out of a stone. Oh, a pretty tough interview. I, You've been there before, I though, haven't you, Quentin?
2: I've been there plenty of times. Oh, and oh. The, the great man that he is, Wayne Bennett, at times you can ask three minutes, and that's a ten, at three questions, and that's a ten-minute interview. Sometimes you ask ten questions, and that's thirty seconds.
4: Interestingly, over the years, uh, Wayne Bennett can be more forthcoming when his team loses. Oh, but, some, but, uh, some but some I think when you get beat interviews. by forty points, uh, yeah, you're pretty down, and yeah, he he couldn't see too much to talk about except the obvious. There, could he? It's a five and a half-hour
1: yeah. bus ride back to Newcastle. I think. There'll be no movies tonight or anything like that. It'll just be they'll be sitting there in silence on
2: that bus.
4: Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough trip home for the Knights.
2: Now you're three oh, to one. Next, I'm just looking at the, uh, the the Knights next couple of well, I've got the Bulldogs yeah at home next week as we heard. Yeah. Um, votes here, Warren. Um, yeah, it was a just pretty. Uh, it's it's just been one of those days at the footy. I mean, you do a lot of games and over the years, but uh, I just think, oh, sometimes they blend into one. I won't forget the day that they delayed the kick off for Rabs. Yeah, he'll, he'll be getting ripped for it as well. <laughs> You'd have to think, uh, good old Ray Warren and, uh, well, and... And
4: the chopper to the ground. Oh,
2: chopper to the ground. that like, in. Wow. Yeah. It's, you know, who are you? Kerry Packer coming into a World Series cricket game to make sure everything's OK. Mm. Fantastic stuff. And then some of the bizarre football we saw and controversial refereeing decisions and a one-point finish.
4: Yeah, and, and just before I do the 3-2-1, we uh, just remembered one more incident in the game, which St George will be uh, possibly complaining about, but they'll certainly be looking at the video and uh, they'll be rueing because it was a big turnaround. Uh, they were attacking, uh, leading 14-8, and uh, Dave Taylor uh, oh, from yes. near the post, the, the Titans are right on their line, and he did have his foot behind the line, but as the ball is played, he has raced up, and he has actually intercepted a good pass from the dummy half, five metres at least upfield. Now, any time you'd say he must have uh, broken early, uh, the replay would say he probably did break, but it was still a tremendous piece of work by Taylor such a big man to get there and take the pass but I I very much think St George will be saying that was a turning point we were in control we were on the attack and uh, Taylor's got away with one there but that was just one of uh, probably 15 or 20 incidents there'll be plenty of people arguing about tomorrow when they get to work yeah exactly
2: exactly so not not an easy day to give votes Uh, How did you uh, work them out in the end?
4: Well, I'm going to go uh, three points for Will Zillman. Uh, Had an excellent game. Uh, He he was under a fair bit of pressure with the high ball, took most of them very well, but it was particularly his attacking work in the second half. Uh, Took a couple of great inside uh, passes to uh, cross the line for a valid try once and uh, disallowed try on another occasion. He also was the one who gave the pass to start the rush for his own try in the first half. Uh, Some beautiful quick hands from the Titans. So Will Zillman playing really good football. And here's, of course, New South Wales looking for a
2: fullback with the injury to Brett Stewart. How far down the line is Will Zillman? I mean of course the, the debate between Slater and Inglis at the moment but Will Zillman the kind of football he's played to my mind in the last 18 months he, he would not be out of place whatsoever under the pressure of origin but there's just a massive Well cube. you've
4: just got superstars in, in yeah. Inglis, Slater and Hayne. Hayne can be a superstar as well if he could just be uh, Yeah, You would never move Billy Slater weekend, week would out. you? I wouldn't no. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Queensland won't. No, it's, it's Mal Meninga said it last week. Billy Slater's the fullback. Yeah, it's just an illustration, of, uh, trying to uh,
2: give a depiction of the way that his football has not only, not the flashy stuff, but, but he's just become a, a very reliable uh, man under the high ball. As you said, his timing and attack is, is impeccable. and He's, mm. he's still very he's zippy. He's quick. Yeah, you're, you're talking as a
4: Queensland fullback possibility. Yeah, of course. Well, Inglis is a couple of good. years
1: younger than Billy Slater, so he's just going to have to wait. <laughs> Simple as that. Uh, number two, who got the two? So he
4: gets three... If wills him in three points. Two points to Aiden Caesar because uh, his kicking game kept a lot of pressure on St George today. He also threw the pass for a try. He, he played a very good game all round, but uh, his goal kicking and uh, the kicking of the field goal uh, were decisive because St George, Illawarra, did score three tries to two, and it was Caesar's boot that uh, got the Titans home. And one point, uh, an excellent game from uh, Jason Nightingale, uh, just a tremendous competitor, uh, scored two tries, and uh, whenever he... He got near the ball. He, uh, he made the Titans worry.
1: All so three to William Zillman, two to Aidan Caesar, and uh, one to Jason Nightingale there. The uh, 3 to one from the Raiders game this afternoon, by the way. Uh, three to Blake Ferguson. He got three tries uh, for the Raiders, as did Earl. Earle. Uh, two to Josh Papali back again, and Terry Campisi got the one vote there this afternoon from... Um, uh, Alan Tung in the voting there for the Warren-Ryan medal, 3-2-1. This is Grandstand on your local ABC. It's uh, 13 minutes to 6. Don't forget, it's uh, 6.30 tonight. We've got Penrith up against the Melbourne Storm. Richard Swenson calling all the action uh, with Warren-Ryan and Shannon Byrne in that game there this evening from the foot of the mountains. Well, I'm pleased to say joining us on the line now is the uh, the new chairman-elect at Parramatta. There's been a vote and there's been a change at the top of the Parramatta board. And I'm pleased to say... That Steve Sharper joins us on the line now and uh, congratulations on your election. Still to be ratified, but I believe that happens tomorrow night, Steve.
7: That's correct, Julian. Um, The election held yesterday. Um, The ticket I run, Para First, was successful in getting five of the seven seats available on the board. And uh, so uh, at the AGM tomorrow night, um, once proceedings get underway, um, we'll, we'll, we'll take control of the club.
1: So you've got a balance of five to two on the board now?
7: We have made that was the best uh, possible outcome we could achieve with um, with the slightly complicated uh, constitution that Parramatta has there with the with the relationship between the football club and and the Leeds Club.
1: Why did you decide to run?
7: Why did I decide to run? <laughs> well, that's a good question, and and I think uh, well, we should, we,
1: should, we should explain too, for people that you know don't know you or your background. You've, you've won premierships with the Eels back in the early eighties, so you've had a long, a very long association uh, with the club. But why did you feel the need to run for chairman?
7: Well, yeah, we've been involved, been involved in the club on this level for probably the last three years from the football board, and. Um, I've just seen so many squabbles and um, broken promises happening from the from the Leeds Club board, which in fact runs the NRL side and the, the, uh, the NYC team. Um, and the endless squabbles, the, the board leaks, the um, frustration we've seen the team fall from second in the competition back in 2009 to, to last in 2012. And coaches have been sacked. People have been blamed left, right and centre for... Um, the underachievement of our great club um, and probably the the people at the helm, the board themselves, um, the, the only people who didn't put their hands up and say, well, I'm taking the responsibility for some of this stuff.
3: Uh,
1: how has it been received by the incumbent, uh, Roy Spagnolo and Co? Well, I
7: haven't, had a, I haven't spoken with Roy um, after last night. Uh, we um, had a couple of quiet drinks away from the from the place, our, our team, and um, and we went about business today. I went out and watched the um, under-16s uh, national grand final between the under-16s uh, Harold Matthews team at Parramatta and we had a great win out there so I've got the trifecta up this weekend so I'm very very happy about that. A fantastic
1: win for the boys last night too that uh, one point win over the Broncos as well the the field goal from Jared Hayne just before halftime uh, basically sealing that victory there for you but so you're in charge now you're going to be ratified tomorrow night what do you do? How do you you reinvigorate the club that you say has gone into a demise over the last decade or so?
7: We need to sit down and have a look at the whole structure at the moment because, as I said, the the, the intertwine between the Leeds Club and the football club is quite complicated. We're talking football at the moment, so we're talking about the football side of things. The first thing I'd state is that we've got the greatest confidence in Ricky Stewart, the the head coach and, and the CEO of Football Operations, Mr Ken Edwards. And uh, we need to talk, sit down with Ken and, and Ricky and see exactly what we need to provide for them to give them the platform they need to get success for our club. I'm excited about the, the feel around the club just in the last 24 hours. Uh, the last two weeks has been a real flat uh, feeling around the club. Uh, my way of thinking, that we'd lost touch with rugby league and, and, and the club started not feeling like a, a rugby league club. And we need to get that feeling back in there that, that in fact, it is a rugby league club and it's there to provide... Um, uh, the members and the supporters with you know, the best side we can put out in the paddock, give the juniors the best opportunity they can to develop and, and the best pathways. And uh, we need to re-engage with all the schools in our area and, and look at how we we can invest some of our... Um, um, profits had uh, come out of the lease club back into the junior development and, uh, and get back to where we were um, a number of years ago.
1: What about a major sponsor? You, you're losing your long time sponsor at the end of the year. What, what what are you trying to do there? What what will your goals be for that? To get another one, I should imagine.
7: I'd say that's not a done deal now that there's been a change of board. Uh, you think so, they'll stay on? Well, we'll we'll re-engage with negotiations with Pertec. I think there's a great relationship we've developed over the years with them um, they've become synonymous with the name Parramatta the, uh, everything about the place uh, has a good feel so we'll, we'll see what happens there but um, the, the CEO takes care of most of that sort of stuff and we uh, we get on board and, and, and make sure we've got the best interest of the club uh, protected by setting up some great parameters
1: uh, uh, Parramatta is a fast growing area uh, you've got a rival code out in that part of the world now in the Wanderers how do you engage with them?
7: Well, mate, I don't fear the Wanderers. I, I, I welcome their, their um, involvement in there. They play in the summer competition, we're in the winter competition. Um, if anything, the success of the Wanderers, and if we can get ourselves back on track and, and the and the great support that we do share within the community, in particular the district, um, it gives us a good opportunity, I think, to put a solid case up to uh, both the local council and the state government, uh, to, to seriously look at redeveloping uh, the Parramatta Stadium site and uh, and uh, making a, a great facility even better uh, for, for both the Wanderers and, and the Eels to use.
1: Because there is, there is that plan to build a third major stadium in Sydney. Would you like Parramatta to be that third major stadium?
7: Well, I've always stated that the case, mate. I think um, it's a great location, it's the second biggest CBD in New South Wales outside of Sydney. Uh, it's a growing area, nearly 200,000 people in the population. Um, things done right and you get a football team out there that shows success um, and Ken Edwards has got some great marketing strategies in place at the moment to re-engage with, them, with the fans of Parramatta uh, I, I think if we can start filling that stadium up uh, as early as the next couple of weeks uh, given the results um, of last night and and I was really proud of the boys last night, um, I spoke to Mick Cronin earlier uh, on Thursday who the boys had been in camp down around Koyama. And and Mick had popped in to to have a look and see their training and and Mick had a bit of a chat with the boys and he read me up and he said, they're they're, they're really on a high and and, if you've got your last $5 available, we'll put it on them this weekend.
1: (laughs) Uh, Warren Boland's on the Gold Coast. He's got a question for you, uh, Steve.
4: Yeah, Steve, good luck in the new job. Uh, look, this is just the latest fight for control of the Parramatta board. There seems to have been brawling going on for 10 or 20 years. I mean, why is it Parramatta seems to have this infighting? Why doesn't everyone pull together? Compared, You have more fights there compared to any other club.
7: Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's a fact, and again, we can't deny that. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do. We want to bend the bridges that have been burnt by uh, by people's personal agendas and and by um, the infighting that's happened over the last, you know, like you say, probably up to ten or twelve years. We're we're not going to ostracise anybody. It's great that Eric Groth has still remained on the board from the previous board, as has Robert Sasson. Um, we're going to work closely with all those people. Hopefully, they they want to get on board, and we're certainly going to um, you know get the place feeling uh, warm and feel harmony within the place it's just a, uh, a tragedy that a great club like the Parramatta club that all went through in the 80s and, and in the early 90s uh, we had just a, a real feeling of ownership of the club has yeah. gone down that way
1: well Steve uh, congratulations on your election uh, to be ratified tomorrow night at uh, the AGM you got the first ever try at Parramatta Stadium can you remember it still
7: I did the chip over the top regathering the gather and the 100-meter sprint. <laughs> 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 no, actually, it was, uh, I had the, uh, the great fortune of um, working in and around the ruck with, with the, the legendary Peter Sterling, and, um, and Sterling was a, a master of um, disguise when it come to offloading football, so I just followed him up, made him step inside, offloaded a ball for him, and, and the rest is history. Two or three metre stride out and, and over the line.
1: Well, congratulations on uh, your win and uh, we hope it leads to uh, bigger and better things for Parramatta. Thanks for joining us tonight on Grandstand.
7: Oh, thank you very much for having us and uh, I beg all the Parramatta supporters to have faith. We, uh, we will turn this thing around and, and as early as later this season, uh, I think you'll be surprised where the Parramatta Reels fin- finish up.
1: Uh, Steve Sharp, thank you very much. Uh, Steve Sharp there, the new chairman of the Parramatta Rugby League Club. Let's go back to the Gold Coast. Uh, John Cartwright might be ready to have a chat.
2: Yes, uh, Zane Bojack, just back from the rooms. Let's take in the Titans coach's assessment after his team got home by a point over the Dragons.
8: John Cartwright, coach
2: of the... Imminently... Not happening just at the moment, so... Uh, Titans, a tight one, one-point
8: victory. Just to uh, give it yeah, uh, another Yeah,
2: I suppose
0: the reason for the, the outburst no, is, it shouldn't have been look, that. Uh,
2: you've got um, a copy of the interview from the Dragons coach, Steve Price, so uh, let's uh, see if we can play that in before we hit the news at 6 o'clock.
8: St George Illawarra Dragons coach, Stephen Price, uh, 12-6 penalty count. I know it was talked about in the press conference, but it makes it pretty tough for you inside trying to defeat a team that gets 12
9: penalties. Yeah, it certainly does, and you know some of those penalties. I'm, you know, I'm still, still bewildered by. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Like, you know, we attacking the goal line, and David, Tale, we we passed the ball back from dummy half, 15 metres backwards, and David Taylor intercepts. So I'm not quite sure how you can, how you can jag that. And the big one was the the penalty right on half time when Nathan Feen dived on the, on the play the ball when uh, one of these Titan players were getting. There late, and I think I saw Jonathan Thurston do that on Friday night, which you got away with. So now, there was a couple of couple of other examples throughout the game, which you know I discussed with um, Daniel throughout the week. But you know we we got to look at our end game and how we can Im- improve with our offense too. But you know we created that chance down that left side, right at the death, and. Um, I thought it was just a great tackle to stop Vito from scoring.
8: Yeah, there was still uh, 14 minutes left on the clock when they kicked that field goal. Do you feel like perhaps you panicked a little bit in attack?
9: No, I wouldn't say we panicked. We were doing a hell of a lot of goal line defence. Um, we were doing some great great defence on a goal line, and we are just a little bit knocked up when we did have the ball. So, um, you know, it's an area which we need to improve, and um, we need to have a close look at our um, how we can... Uh, eliminate those uh, penalties. You opted not to go with Josh Dugan, who's uh, still going to get some fitness, but uh, Adam
8: Quinlan came in for his debut, and particularly the first half, he had a very strong game.
9: Yeah, I thought he, I thought he handled himself really well. I'm really proud of Adam. He's a, he's a local junior, and um, he coded himself great throughout the game. And You know, he got busted on that first tackle. He aimed up and got a number of stitches in his mouth, and uh, no, I'm just really, really happy for him. What about the professionalism of Jason Nightingale?
8: Another two tries tonight doesn't seem to matter. You know where he plays, he always comes up with a 100% effort.
9: Yeah, he does. He's, there's no no doubting uh, Jason's commitment to our footy club, and you know he's one hell of a footy player. And he, you know to get that first try down, I thought it was you know an amazing effort, and uh, I thought he made some really good good decisions defensively also tonight. Any injuries in sight? Uh, not 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 that I'm aware of at the moment.
8: And just finally, you've got the Eels next week. Might have looked a little bit easier a couple of weeks ago, but after last, last night's uh, defeat of the Broncos, uh, they'll be looking to try and make it two from two. It doesn't get any easier for your
9: side. Yeah, they're um, they're playing very committed football, and I thought they were it's a little a bit cool. unlucky last week to go down to the Cowboys. So um, you know, it's going to be a, a really good game next week. Steve, thanks for joining us grandstand.
1: That is the uh, Dragons coach uh, Steve Price uh, speaking with Zane Bojack on the Gold Coast this afternoon. Uh, The Titans defeating the Dragons by 15 points to 14. In the other game today, the Raiders, 44 unanswered points against the Newcastle Knights. The Raiders winning the match 44 points to 14 at Canberra Stadium. The Knights led that 14 points to 12. The coach interviews are on the web. abc.net.au slash grandstand is the place to go if you'd like to hear them one more time. In the AFL, it's the Gold Coast 62. Leading Melbourne 25 that game down at the MCG. The other game today, a big win for the Adelaide Crows, beating the Giants 187 to 52. The news is coming up next at six o'clock. Then I'll be back with the grandstand wrap, and then it's off to Penrith for the Panthers up against the Melbourne Storm.